0: Hello and welcome back to the Whatcom Dads podcast. Between the three of us, our kids are aged two to 24. We're still learning as we go and our goal is to share some helpful insights into parenting. I'm Mark Bagley. I'm Chris Roselli.
1: And I'm Nathan Dwyer. This week, we interview local preschool teacher, Sherry Heldy about the goals of preschool and how to find one that's a good fit. We discuss tips on hiring babysitters, we share our favorite children's musicians we like to listen to with our kids. Hey guys, how are you doing tonight?
2: Outstanding. Mark, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking.
1: I wanted to check in on the uh, various diet and exercise status that we talked about last week. We've got a whole 30 diets going on. We've got scales that are fighting back. We've got diets that are being broken. How'd you guys do this week?
2: I did great. Although I got stuck, like my, my weight didn't go down, which whole 30 is not a diet. They call it a challenge, which we love about that. Um, but there is that nice positive feedback that when you're not eating a bunch of garbage, you actually are losing weight and I'm losing my gut a bit. So uh it's good but it's hard. I really am dreaming about uh chocolate chip cookies. I really want a chocolate chip cookie.
0: You talked about those last week too. Well, I've uh, I've gotten back on the exercise program and I've hit it hard and so there's a lot of sweat every day and so I am feeling like I'm back on the road to recovery.
2: You biking? or are you what are you doing?
0: I'm biking. Good yeah.
2: For you? Right
1: Sw- on. Sweat and tears or just sweat?
0: Uh, so far just swept but uh, apparently i'm beginning a boot camp here in about a week and that's supposed to bring you to tears so we'll see how that goes
2: oh my gosh
0: my my wife said it's a terrible idea she said the only thing that comes out of boot camps for old
1: men are injuries
2: yeah absolutely yeah
0: so i'll let you know
2: okay
1: the good news is i didn't gain any weight this week the bad news is i didn't lose any either
2: all right just kind of holding steady too like it's just it's like, That's, come on, scale.
1: That wasn't the goal, but I'll take it. I mean, it's yeah, the middle of January during a pandemic. But on paper, I lost a hundred pounds. You wanna know why? I took my skis in to get them serviced and you have to fill out a form that says your ski level and your height and your weight. And I had just weighed myself that morning. So I knew those last two digits. I was so focused on the last two digits that I left 100 pounds off filling out the form. (laughs) And I got a call from the technician who was working on the skis. And he said, sir, no judgment, but when I looked at your height and your weight, I was a little concerned that we weren't going to be able to set the bindings low enough because you're so small. So I just wanted to make sure you didn't make a mistake on your form. And I said, yes, I did make a mistake. Add 100. That's me.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, for our family, it's been really fun because we're actually doing this Whole30 as a whole family together. The girls have, you know, they've got some cheats here and there, but it's been uh, a a really great opportunity for them to try different kinds of foods and really have conversations about healthy eating too. Of course, you know, we don't talk about weight loss or anything like that with the kids at all. Um, It's been fun. It's been really fun.
1: So did you guys have a chance to watch the inauguration with your kids
2: We actually had the girls uh, email their teachers and uh, just said, hey, we're going to be missing some school because we're going to watch the inauguration. And so, yeah, the four of us watched the inauguration. Uh, I mean, having two daughters and for them to be able to see the very first female vice president of the United States. be sworn in was a big deal. It was a very emotional deal for my wife. And so for them to be able to kind of witness that history, we took photos next to the TV, of course. We've done that for, with every inauguration since the kids have been little. Um, it, it was important for us that they get an opportunity to see that. What about you, Nathan?
1: Yeah, I was working, but uh, the three kids did watch a lot of it with Amanda. And uh, she reported back one quote from each kid about the inauguration. So uh, Two-year-old Molly saw Joe Biden on the screen and said, did Joe Biden win? So Molly was a few months late on the news. Uh, Five-year-old Benjamin apparently built a replica White House out of his building blocks and was using Lego men to be the people and uh, was upset because none of his Lego men had gray hair. And in his opinion, everyone on TV was wearing a blue suit and had gray hair. (laughs) Apparently Kamala didn't stick out to him, so to speak. But, uh... and then Ellen, who is seven said, mom, when are they moving into the white house? And she said, well, they'll be there tonight. And she said, "Whew! I hope they sanitize it. And uh, it was unclear if that was a comment about COVID precautions or just who had lived there the last four years. <laughs> I was thinking this week about all the different things we've been doing with our kids during COVID times. We've had much more family time, much more time to do some, some things. And so I wanted to real quickly throw out some activities that you've likely done with your kids. And I want you to tell me whether these activities are overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Uh, this is a concept that's not original to this show. Certainly late night hosts and YouTube folks and other podcasters have done it, but I'm going to throw you some dad activities. You let me know what you think. Okay. First off, ghost stories. Overrated. Underrated. I was going to say overrated as well.
0: We're not going to agree on any of this. I mean, gonna, <laughs> let's get straight from the very beginning. We People have seen how it works. I'm on an island. You know, it's okay.
1: Flying a kite with your kid.
0: Underrated. Underrated.
1: Overrated ah. Building a blanket fork.
0: Uh, underrated. Underrated.
1: Underrated. We all agree on that one, Mark. Yeah. I would think that it would drive you crazy though you'd be anxious that you have to put all the pillows and blankets back.
0: Well, that's the best part about it is putting it all away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's> the worst <laughs> part about it for me.
1: I conveniently have gone when it's time to put things away. <laughs> paper airplanes,
2: properly rated, they can be fun.
0: Overrated,
1: yeah, clearly overrated.
0: But we don't all know Chris has a history with with paper airplanes. So
2: <laughs> true. I think I mentioned it on one of the shows. Yeah, I, uh, when uh, uh, we were interviewing Bill Boyd, former fire chief. Uh, Yeah, we got busted by uh, lighting them on fire and then throwing them off the balcony (laughs) while we were on vacation. Shocking, we got in trouble.
1: So regular paper airplanes, in my opinion, overrated, but (laughs) flaming paper airplanes are clearly underrated. Absolutely,
2: yes. They go all over the place.
1: Uh, Doing Legos with your kid.
2: Underrated. I love it.
1: I'd say properly rated. I would say properly rated as well. Yes, yeah. Stepping on them, clearly overrated. Uh, Yeah. Finally, playing catch with your son or daughter. (sighs) Completely 100%
2: underrated. Yep. My girls know that there is one activity that I will drop everything. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. They know this. I've told them this since day one, that uh, if they ever want to play catch with their dad, I will drop everything and go play catch with them.
1: I will agree it's underrated, but it's a bit of a struggle when they can't throw yet. But get them out there and keep trying. And I'm sure it's going to pay off one day.
2: Robinson and Cole Attorneys is proud to be a sponsor of the Wacom Dads podcast. Located in downtown Bellingham, Robinson and Cole has been representing the injured and disabled of Whatcom County since 1979. If you or someone you know has been injured in an auto accident or suffered an on-the-job injury... Kyle Robinson and Cole, to schedule a free, no-obligation video consult with one of their five attorneys. Their attorneys have over 100 years of experience litigating cases against insurance companies and the Department of Labor and Industries. Call 360-671-8112 to schedule an appointment.
1: Well, this week we are joined by Sherry Heldy. the head preschool teacher at a loving space school here in Bellingham. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us.
3: It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
1: So just off the top, could you share with us how long you've lived here in Whatcom County and how it was you came to be working as a preschool teacher?
3: Sure thing. I moved to Bellingham to attend Western Washington University in 1998 started working at Loving Space at the beginning of 2000 and i you know was still in college at Western when i was working there and was finishing up my bachelor's in psychology and everyone was heading off to grad school and i was not interested in continuing on in that moment and owner of the school had decided to open the Kinder a kindergarten next door and asked me to be the assistant director So I landed a full-time job just as I was graduating in Bellingham, which is like unheard of. I said, yes. And I've been there ever since. I always told myself I'd go back to college once I really missed it. And here I am at preschool still.
1: So what drew you to working with that age demographic?
3: When I was in high school, I taught swimming lessons. And I taught mommies and infants all the way up to like old ladies and jazzercise classes. And the preschool age, that was like, that was the one that was, those were the kids that were like with you. You could like look in their eye and have these weird conversations with them, but they still like held onto you. Cause they didn't really know how to swim, but then you also just got to watch them sort of like learn and be brave. And so, yeah, that, that was the point. But my dad told me I was going to be a teacher and that was a huge mistake on his part. Cause <laughs> you don't know me. I'm not going to be a teacher. And um, so I really resisted it for a long time. But once I was in the preschool, I knew that that was where my heart was.
1: And you yourself are a Whatcom mom. Just tell us what age your child is.
3: Yeah, I have a nine-year-old and he is a remote learning third grader at Alderwood Elementary School. And he's pretty cool. I really like him. And we've got, two goats and a bunny rabbit and a grumpy old cat at our house.
1: (laughs) Full house.
3: Full house. Yeah.
0: Sherry, for some of our listeners who may have just wee children or not don't have children yet and are thinking about starting a family, tell us a little bit of uh, the difference between daycare and preschool.
3: Yeah. Oftentimes um, preschool is a shorter day. It's really concentrated in play There's not a lot of, um, I think, daycare, you know, there's just a lot more um, time that's needing to be having, you know, a breakfast and a lunch, like certain meal times. I think daycares or longer programs can be um, a little more structured by time. And so there's a certain time to do certain things. And when there's a short amount of time, at least at Living Space, the preschool is really about it being the kids' time and them getting to make a lot of choices and figure out what they're going to do next in the environment.
0: And how long is a preschooler's day typically at Loving Space?
3: Well, you know, this year is not typical, but usually it's anywhere from um, two and a half to four hours. So we run two programs, a morning program and then an afternoon program. So we get to accommodate under a normal year, you know, 80 to 90 families come through our school each week.
0: And and those children are typically three and four year olds. Is that right? Three
3: to five. Three to five. Yeah, we do a mixed age environment, so they're not separated out by their age. We um, like strongly believe that they learn so much from being with one another. That first year preschooler can, w- learns a lot by watching that second year preschooler um, just really play, and you know they they learn so much from what they get to see other kids do.
2: And what does a child need to do to be able to? start preschool.
3: Yeah. A lot of parents ask us, and some schools do require, like, do they need to be potty trained? And um, that is not a requirement on our end, just because we know that there's not this magic button. You don't turn three and then ding, you're toilet independent.
2: See, Mark, you can still go to preschool.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So we don't require that at our school, which I'm hearing is a little bit unusual. I think the big thing that parents are looking could be looking for is like, is your kid interested in other kids? Are they sort of like taking those steps away from you at the park? Or is there is there play in that two-year-old year moving into away from parallel play and more interactive play? Language skills are also really important, they, you know, to be able to express themselves and um, communicate with the staff. Though we have had over the years, kids who were coming in with not having English at home. And so they came to us with with, with, you know, another language that they were speaking at home and learned learned English with us at preschool. Right on.
1: So what are the goals of preschool and how much of preschool time is spent preparing a preschooler to eventually enter kindergarten?
3: Yeah, we, at Loving Space, we really see um, childhood as like a chapter book and we don't want to rush through, you know, that first, second, third chapter to really be in the fifth chapter. So we really see our job to be um, developmentally appropriate and, and meet the kids where they're at because developmentally, you know, some three-year-olds are um, still gaining language skills and some three-year-olds come in talking like full sentences and really complex thoughts. And so they're all at a little bit of a different space and developmentally. And so our we see it as our job to really meet them where they're at, give them the confidence to have their voice be heard, say goodbye to their parents. That's one of the first things, right? Is that they're they're leaving home and they're going somewhere else and getting to know new grown-ups and um, learning that that their needs can be met by other people. And then how do they work in a group? How do they um, how do they get their needs met among their peers? How do they ask for what they want and um, still be thoughtful about what somebody else might want or need. Or what their ideas are in a game or during school. And then really what what we want for them is to leave knowing that school is a place for them. Knowing that school is a place that they belong and that they matter. and that And that they feel excited to go to the next time it's a school day. Because if you have that foundation of like that social emotional like solidness in them then they're ready for any sort of learning.
0: When my wife and I were doing the whole preschool and daycare thing with our kids we struggled the most with drop-off and you touched on that. What kind of advice do you have for parents to help make that a much more pleasant experience not only for the parents but also for the kids and their teachers?
3: So often as grownups and, and and especially moms, we want to talk to our kids to really prepare them for something. And oftentimes that talking about what's going to happen can prepare some kids, but it can also like bubble up some, some extra thinking about it when maybe they're not thinking about it. That's the beauty of the three and the four-year-old is that they're so, they're so present and in the moment. So We can answer their questions when they come up and we can show show them confidence and that we know that they can do it and it's just a short time and talking to them about looking, you know, the things that they look forward to seeing um, and then creating a real nice rhythm around it, you know packing your bag and showing them they can do it. Like no you can you can walk in. Sometimes parents will carry their kids in and that can send the message like I don't know if they can do this, but if they're like walking in and you're holding their hand and you know in your heart that they can do this, then it it can really help them feel confident too.
0: This is really a, a first step towards some semblance of independence for the it for really these kids. Is.
3: Yeah. What kinds of
2: mistakes have you seen some parents make that you think uh, other parents who are listening and thinking about sending their kids to preschool could perhaps learn from?
3: Yeah, I think pushing kids to do something before they're ready. Uh, I see parents do that with toilet toilet independence. Um, And so it can create more anxiety in kids and more power struggles because it is something they have control over. And so, with stuff like that, um, things that they do have control over. What what our job as parents is to just create really healthy habits around these things, and give them everything they need to be successful. And so, if we're talking about going to preschool and everything you need to be successful, it's you know having having a really good breakfast before you head off to school, not over preparing them not asking them sort of leading questions like, oh, honey, are you feeling nervous today? Like really, really modeling the behavior that you want to see in them, which is excitement and confidence. And their kids, I mean, preschool is fun and exciting and there's great things to do. And they hear a lot of yeses the whole, you know, three hours that they're there. So most kids are pretty excited about it. But but I think really just, Showing them the confidence that you have in them that they can do this.
1: Similarly, during this three to four-year-old period, what can parents be doing at home that would sort of dovetail with what they would be learning at preschool to help sort of foster the development in those years?
3: I think the biggest thing we as parents can do for our kids for their development is um, reading stories to them, creating, creating rhythms and rituals at home that they can count on. Paying attention to when they're ready to be pushed a little bit, you know, when they're um, ready to pour their own water or they're ready to clear the table, like ways that they can be helpful parts of the family. I think that to go back to your to your question, Chris, I think a mistake that parents can often make is just doing things for kids because it's faster and easier. And so slowing slowing down and and letting them get that weird button that they just are kind of fumbling with, you know, you could do it so much easier, but they've only been on this earth for three years and their fingers are smaller and they're just learning. And so slowing down with them to do to let them do those things and celebrate in those small accomplishments.
0: So if a family does decide that preschool is the way they want to go, what tips do you have for families in finding the right preschool?
3: Hmm, It's a good question. I think making those phone calls, getting your names on waiting lists, Talk, talking to your neighbors, talking to people who you know who have kids. I mean, these days, you know, you can get on the Internet pretty quick and do a quick search. Um, calling and asking questions, you know, talking about your concerns with, with the program um, directors. Checking out their website and their Facebook page. And so much in this community is word of mouth. I would love to see a loving space in every, in every neighborhood. I think it's sweet if every neighborhood have had a little, a little schoolhouse that the kids in that neighborhood could walk to and, and get to play at. I just, that would be amazing.
0: You mentioned waiting list. When do you get on a waiting list? Do you get on a waiting list before you've had the child? Do you get on it? No, it's
2: before you conceive actually, right. When you meet your girlfriend, you need to, yeah. Oh,
3: you guys, (laughs) um, waiting lists are really hard. Um, I had a gentleman call probably, I don't know, it's been a couple of years to get his kid on the waiting list. And in talking to him, the baby hadn't been born yet. He was just, he was just all a flustering. He was just doing all the things he needed to do. And I said, okay, you you, you have to have a name for your child and a birthday. <laughs> like I've never had to say this to anyone before, but I think I think that's my rule is that you <laughs> you have to have a name for your child and a birthday. So you then you can call me. But I would suggest around age two is a good time to start figuring that out. Some some monastery programs let kids join as young as two, two and a half. Um, we we will consider two years nine months to enroll, but ideally three is really where it's at.
0: So if you need a name and a, and a birth date, I guess theoretically, when you're at the hospital and then you have your list of calls to make to let everyone know you had a child, you could just have the preschool on the list as well, yeah, and everything that's be taken care that's
3: of. space for your list. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
1: so so given that there are so many options and the things that people need to be considering when they're making a choice can you tell us a little bit about the philosophy at loving space and sort of what's your lane what is it that you guys focus on
3: yeah we are a play-based um child-led adult supported preschool program we focus on social emotional growth having you know big, wild experiences that you're not going to get at home. We really believe in art and sensory and movement, really looking at the whole child. Uh, And we just want to tickle their fancies. We want want them to to not want to leave at the end of the day and be just ready, chomping at the bit to go to school the next time. That's our goal.
1: So share with us some of those wild and crazy experiences they get to have. Again, maybe in a non-COVID year.
3: Well, I mean, this year we painted with our feet still. That's pretty COVID friendly because you wash your feet afterwards. We, we this is one of my favorite ones is, you know, we have this big mirror and we set up paint and the kids get to paint their bellies and then we make a print of their belly, which is pretty fun. <laughs> we have a swing indoors. Swinging is really, really good for this. Well, I think it's good for all age groups, but this, this age group, we, you know, we have an outdoor, we have five outdoor spaces, a bike area and a sand area and a gravel area with a zip line and a rope bridge that goes to an apple tree they can climb around in that's completely enclosed in net. And then we have a quiet room with just tons of books and um, lots of things for the kids to like pick up and move and collect in baskets and sort and figure out, tinker around with.
2: Is there a maximum age for this place? Because I don't know what <laughs> can do all of those i want to paint with my toes
3: we do we have had parent play nights in the past and that's pretty fun that's really cool
2: yeah well i do know loving space is a uh, treasure in our community for sure It's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a really wonderful place
1: thanks so in your 21 years working there what are the some of your favorite things that you've gotten to do with the kids maybe what are some memories that stand out or maybe some crazy things that kids have said or that they've told you
3: Oh my gosh, kids tell me all kinds of crazy things. One little boy um, used to call me coach when we were in the bike area. That was, <laughs> that's a pretty favorite memory of mine. <laughs> and another little boy who's still with me called called me Uncle Sherry on the first couple of days that that I was his teacher. I really like that. They just, oh, they're just so delightful and silly. You know, we have journals and we write them down because it happens constantly that they're just saying these funny things to you. Um, one little boy we were eating snack outside and someone put rocks in this cup of water. And I love to say things like, oh, good gravy or oh, holy guacamole or ah oh, nuts. <laughs> and so he was like, Oh, Sherry, someone put rocks in my water. And I said, Oh, nuts. And he goes, No, rocks. You put rocks in my water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: fine. Yeah, this is a, I can see why the kids love it there. I can see why you love it there and the other teachers love it there. If we have piqued the interest of any of our listeners, how do they learn more about Loving Space and how do they, they get in touch to inquire about their kids maybe attending there?
3: Yeah, we have a website, lovingspaceschools.com. I'd say come to our open house this year, but that's going to be virtual. So, um, (laughs) So they can they can send me an email, lovingspaceschool at gmail.com. And they can connect to that through the website. And they can always just call us on the phone. You know, we're there. We are there five days a week right now with kids, just really small groups. And we're wearing masks. And all the doors and windows are open. And we're washing our hands a lot and doing all the things.
1: Any other pearls of wisdom you would uh, want to impart on parents of preschoolers?
3: Mm, slow down and enjoy it. I know, I know that it's probably hard right now to to feel that because kids really are supposed to be in preschool. You know, it's nice to have a break from your kiddo when you're with them all day um, and to have them with somebody else, but it goes by, so you guys all know this, it goes by so fast, just a blink of an eye. And um, that, that two to five-year-old is, is pretty, is pretty magical. I'd say two to four, five-year-olds are kind of a little bit tricky, but um, those two to four-year-olds are or just their magic. So listen, listen to what they have to say and write the things down and record their voices because their voices are never going to sound like that again.
0: One of our favorite preschool stories with our daughter was, uh, she came home one day and my wife said something like, Allie, just use your imagination. And she says, mommy, I don't have an imagination. I gave mine to Josh. And Josh was one of her little preschool friends and they were having a conversation in preschool and Josh said he needed an imagination and Allie gave hers to him. And she was very proud that she shared with her preschool friend. So that's one of the nuggets that we were able to write down and keep because that's stuff that you just can't make up.
1: Yeah. that's true. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us today. We will put a link in our show notes to loving space and uh, thanks for the Wisdom and tips you've provided to all our listeners who have little ones.
3: Oh, good. I hope it was helpful.
1: Yeah. Thanks Thank so much. You so series. much. Yeah.
3: Thanks, guys.
0: Whatcom Talk publishes positive community features online about the people, businesses, and organizations doing good things all around Whatcom County. And readers will never hit a paywall or barrage of ads while visiting the site to read stories, or check out its event calendar. Whatcom Talk is a free community resource. Local business owners can partner with Whatcom Talk to sponsor stories on behalf of our schools, organizations, and nonprofits, while also getting a brand in front of the community. So spend a few minutes at www.watcomtalk.com, and you're sure to find compelling stories that remind you why we all love to live, work, and play in Whatcom County.
1: This week for our parenting topic, we're going to talk about babysitters, how to find them, what do you pay them, what rules do you leave for them. And I have the privilege of saying that Mark's daughter has been a babysitter at our house and Chris's older daughter, I don't think she's ever been paid, but she certainly has supervised our kids <laughs> when we've been in a group setting. So I have a little experience with your uh, with your children. So how'd you guys go about finding babysitters? I certainly asked Chris... And Amy, many times, who they used and uh, borrowed some of their babysitters when they weren't using them. But aside from sort of the word of mouth thing, any other places you went to look?
0: Well, for us living in a college town and working at a college, that was my go-to. Just students that I would get to know who either worked in our office or um, we just got to know through different activities. I, I think every babysitter that our kids had in Bellingham was a Western student.
2: Name. Yeah, every babysitter we've ever had is a Western student. Uh, and then every nanny that we've had who watched our girls after school uh, also was a Western student. Um, Western's got this great resource in the student employment center where uh, actually community members can go directly to the website. Uh, you just need to call the office in advance and uh, register. But once you do that, there's a whole list of students who actually post their names down there as being students who are available to babysit. And we've used that. I think we've found almost every one of our nannies actually that way, uh, which has worked out really well.
1: I'll sound like the responsible guy. Here's what we do. <laughs> And when I say we, my wife, uh, she ranges a working interview, and so the babysitter comes over while she's still home and spends a couple hours with the kids, and that gives an opportunity for both us to figure out if it's a good fit and for the uh, potential babysitter to figure out it's a good fit, and we pay for that working interview. And I can recall one instance where it just didn't feel good from our end, and so after discussing it, we decided that it was going to be a no go. And before we could, uh, let that young woman know she beat us to the punch and told us that, uh, she no longer had the availability we needed. So it worked both ways. Everybody, everybody figured out it wasn't going to be a beneficial relationship (laughs) working forward.
2: We did not interview our babysitters who we had just for a typical date night, but for our nannies, uh, we didn't do necessarily like a working interview but we would actually have the girls take the the interview candidate upstairs to go show them their bedrooms and we would listen to the interactions uh, from downstairs and that was really telling and really helpful for us when they were interviewing when we were interviewing the nannies
1: And in this day and age, if you have a potential babysitter, guess what? You can Google them. You can look at their social media. Yeah. You might discover things that just don't fit your family values. And uh, I would do that before interviewing them, just when you're sort of uh, reviewing applications.
0: As we've talked about on this podcast, um, we called our daughter a spirited child who was pretty high energy. So we felt like if a babysitter wanted to come back and take care of our kids, then uh, they had the job. That was a bonus. (laughs) And most of them did. I remember the our kids were in one of our babysitters' weddings, um, and then another babysitter kept in touch after she graduated. and that's one of the bad parts about hiring college students is they leave yeah, <laughs> <they'd> yeah. graduate <laughs> and take real real jobs, and I guess <laughs> it happens all the time, but you know just when you kind of get a, you know clicking and everything's going good, they get their degree and go get up a real job and make some real money nerve, yeah
1: what do you guys tend to pay babysitters? Uh, that was something that sort of, I always struggled with.
0: I'm sure we paid babysitters terribly.
1: <laughs> we, <pay,
2: laughs> we we would pay minimum wage or a little bit above minimum wage, sort of depending on it, There were a couple times we had some high school age babysitters just for date nights and they charged less than our college age babysitters. Um, but, but typically minimum wage or a little bit more than minimum wage.
0: And that's probably about where we, we were too, Chris. Minimum wage-ish is my guess. Yeah.
1: yeah, I asked my wife and she said minimum wage. And then if you have more than two kids, she suggested bumping it up a couple bucks for each kid over two. So by definition, then we're at minimum wage plus with <laughs> with, with three.
2: Yeah, Lexi charges, uh, She there's one family she babysits. They've got three little ones. She charges 15 bucks an hour. Um, and then everybody else has been anywhere from 10 bucks an hour to minimum wage.
0: I think Ben, for the four kids he was taken care of, I think he was somewhere 15 or $17 an hour or something like that, which, yeah. you know, for four kids, two families, that seemed fair.
2: It's hard being a parent going out on a date night. I mean, a movie is, you know, movie and popcorn is 50 bucks. And then, you know, you're going to spend another 50 in babysitting. It's It's hard to go out on date night with babysitters.
1: If movie theaters ever open up again. If they ever open again. Well, did you have a minimum age that you felt comfortable with before you'd leave your kids?
0: Well, again, we always just hired the college students, so we didn't really dip down into that high school level. I think for you know our kids, I think Allie had to be at least 15 before we allowed her to babysit. Maybe 14 if it was a close friend, but um, I, I think that I'd, I'd like the babysitter at least to be able to drive in case something happened. So I would say 16 for us would be, you know, the minimum age.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to say as well.
2: I asked Amy the same question, knowing that this question was coming. And I, that, that was exactly her answer was, we didn't want to have to go pick up a babysitter. And in case of an emergency, it was nice that we could, we could, she could go drive somewhere.
1: Yeah. Amanda said the uh, number one thing she wanted to know about a, a babysitter to feel confident was, would they know when was the right time to call 911? So that was always sort of the, do they have the judgment mm-hmm. and the discernment to make that call when necessary? Yeah. But we've hired babysitters younger than that to come be what we call a mother's helper. So if Amanda has mm-hmm. some specific tasks at the house to do, or she's got a meeting um, and be in another room, then we've hired... 12, 13, 14-year-olds, and you can pay them a little less, but they simply can keep the kids out of your hair for whatever period of time you need.
0: Yeah, yeah. It must be so much easier for parents and babysitters these days, just the back-and-forth communication. You know, When our kids were little, we didn't have cell phones, and we had the landline, and if we went to an event or out to dinner or something, I guess you just had to leave the number for where you were, but I'm guessing it's much easier today I don't know if there's a, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but in case of an emergency, it's probably a good thing, but you know, somehow our kids were able to survive without that constant um, connection.
2: Yeah. For Amy and I, that was one of our sort of rules that we have for ourselves was when we went on a date, we really tried to figure out how we could separate ourselves from being home. It was really a time for the two of us. And so we told our babysitter that they, that, she could not, that she could expect that we would not call her, um, but she was always welcome to call us if there was any issues or questions. So we rarely ever called our babysitters while we were on a date.
1: Did you guys leave a list of things on the fridge? Sounds rather cliche, but uh, probably still works. And if so, what did you make sure was on that list?
0: Well, Ben had food allergies growing up. So we needed to make sure that the babysitter knew what he could and couldn't eat so that was probably it and then I guess the phone number of, of where we were but other than that I don't recall lengthy lists of any kind
2: yeah for us it was bedtimes um, certain certain kind of walkthrough aspects of the evening routine but that's the benefit of having a babysitter that you've had for multiple months or even years is I, then you don't have to worry about doing that after a while
0: yeah they kind of know the routines of the kids and they know how to get them to bed and how to keep them in bed and Mm -hmm. what they can watch on TV and can't watch on TV. So I think that's, you know, it makes a huge difference. So if you can, if you can find a good babysitter, that's gold. That's really, really
2: nice. Diaper changing, bath time, bedtimes. Those are really the big ones, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just being clear about your expectations, both in the interview and then if you leave a list, Um, we often put where we'll be just in case there's those times when the cell phone isn't working or we have it buried in a jacket or a purse. Um, Neighbor's phone number, we feel, is a good thing, especially if you have a good relationship there so that if you're not reachable. Um, And then I do have a two or three page infant child CPR handout that I also keep up on the fridge. Um, They should know those things, but in a pinch, that's always a good thing to have. Is it it, it laminated? It's not. You know what? That's a good point, Mr. Good thing you
2: have an in-home laminator.
1: Yes. But you don't need to laminate it because you're not writing on it. (laughs) But But what if someone spills apple juice on it? He's
2: Mm -hmm. got 15 copies in his nightstand ready to go in case that happens.
1: The reason you laminate the packing list is because you use it over and over and over again. If you're you're using the CPR sheet about choking over and over again, stop feeding your kids whole grapes.
2: (laughs) Fair enough.
1: (laughs) Can I tell you a pet peeve I have?
2: Yeah, what's your pet peeve?
1: Have you ever, as a dad, had someone say to you, ah, so it's your turn to babysit your kids?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's called it's called parenting.
1: It's called parenting. I don't know if that's a generational thing. Mark, you're a resident old guy, but it just drives me nuts when you'll see someone say, Oh, you got the kids tonight. How's the babysitting going? It's not babysitting. They're my kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We would hear that every once in a while. I would.
2: Well, and I always love how the bar is set so low as a, you know, as a dad. Oh, well, it's good to see you engaging with your kids.
1: (laughs) It's like, yeah. Right, or they say to your wife. Oh, who's got your kids tonight? You're out tonight. <laughs> I couldn't possibly be my husband. All right, let's close with any pet peeves you have about babysitters. Oh, I've got one. Let's hear it.
2: Do the dishes. I there's nothing worse than coming home to a messy house. And so we've had we we make that very clear in our expectations of any babysitters that we want the place as clean as it was when we when when we left
0: you know there's this is probably unfair of me but um and i shouldn't care how people spend their money but we had a babysitter who we paid and she ended up taking the money and having some plastic surgery done so she could become a bikini model
2: (laughs) (laughs) no way yeah no hey you know what If, if it if it made her happy you helped contribute to our happiness
0: i, I guess so I, I you know I, I guess i I, sh- I shouldn't care, but um you know that's, that's I guess that's kind of maybe a more of a unique babysitter story
1: hmm. Hmm. I agree, chris that uh at least the house needs to be returned to the baseline it was when they arrived yeah, yeah just and, and it, I would rather they spend time constructively engaging the kids for most of the time, but just get it back presentable well, hopefully this is helpful information, uh, for our listeners as always, uh, just our views, but hopefully something that you can take away from it and incorporate into your babysitter routine. Today on Whatcom Dads Recommend time to fire up your MP3 player, CD player, or for Mark, your eight track, we're talking about children's artists that we like to jam out to with our kids.
0: Yeah, I have an interesting twist on this whole uh, "Welcome, Dad" recommend. So let's get into it. Fire away. Well, you know, so the first thing I want to talk about is is we did not do a lot of um, uh, dance parties at our house. Like maybe Annette and the kids, but I I'm not a big dancer, so there's not a lot of big dance parties going on with me. Boo! I, I want to see you dance. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, so what What my memory is with the kids with music is that in Annette's car, she really focused on show tunes. And she had CDs of Fiddle on the Roof and The Sound of Music and Annie, and they would sing along. And our kids knew every word to every song. And as I got older, that became Wicked, which they sang – to they would sing to each other back and forth in the song between the the two main characters and as they got older ben became an aficionado of the book of mormon which is definitely an r rated avenue q and then ultimately <laughs> hamilton and and and, totally. and 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 both ben and ali did a lot of theater in elementary and particularly high school and there were always musicals and we like to think that Because of all of um, what they were exposed to as youngsters, they really got to appreciate what musical theater or what um, these soundtracks could bring to life. And um, we think it it really laid the groundwork for them being very musical and really appreciating that. So while it's not kids' music, I would highly recommend parents to consider, because those are timeless, The Sound of Music it is timeless and it really helps kids um, develop an appreciation for something other than the wiggles
2: The Wiggles. That's right. Edgy tales. (laughs) Right. I I actually, I I agree with you 100%. We did not, uh, we had a couple, I think some, some DVDs and some CDs that we might've stumbled upon that we listened to a few times, but we were already singing twinkle, twinkle and all of those other kids songs so frequently that we really didn't uh, play we listened to Sesame street songs, but we, like you, we sang a ton of Disney. Um, we sang um, all sorts of really great songs, but really some of our videos. And when we look back on all of our videos that we have of us having dance parties with our kids, we were listening to Michael Jackson and AC DC and Justin Timberlake, Billy Joel and all sorts of others. And to this day, you know, music to my ears when my 11 year old says, Alexa play AC DC. I mean, I think I've done a good job parenting.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny you mention Alexa because that's what makes it so easy for my kids. They can ask Alexa or Spotify or Amazon, whatever they want to hear. It just happens. So yeah, you don't have to have a CD anymore. You don't have to have it downloaded anymore. You don't have to have a cassette tape. I think my favorite one is Casper Baby Pants. Uh, Chris Ballou is the former lead singer of the president's United States. He has come to Bellingham one or two times a year for the last four or five years. And so we've an opportunity to attend a couple of the shows and he's just really fun and upbeat and uh, just, just great, great stuff. So please check out Casper baby pants. Uh, Number one song recommendation from the Dwyer house is jellyfish Jones.
0: Well, I'm going to, so I'm going to piggyback on what Chris said. You know, while Ben was kind of the show tunes Broadway aficionado, Allie and I would really um, delve into what was on the radio. And so I would quiz her about who was the artist. And we would talk, you know, Prince to the B-52s to Led Zeppelin to Rolling Stones police to Dave Matthews. And to this day, we still play that game when a song comes on the radio <laughs> or um, on Apple music and uh, try to guess who the artist is. And, and I, and she has a deep appreciation for kind of the, the the pop culture because of those days. So those, that's a great memory as well.
2: That is fun. We grew up with uh, what was called kids praise. Uh, so salty, the singing song book. Um, and uh, they were, they were, Christian-based songs that I grew up with as a kid. And so we had those DVDs and we played those every once in a while as well. But for the most part, we just kind of stuck with top 40 stuff and our favorite stuff. Oh, Cyndi Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I mean, we had all sorts of fun dance parties. Uh, We actually had little lights and disco balls and stuff that we would set up. Actually, what am I saying? We still do set up and have dance parties in our house, so...
1: Dance parties are huge at our house. The problem is our neighbors behind us have a clear view into the kitchen, and so I am often dancing while I'm cooking with the music, and they must think who lives in that house
2: and Another neat thing about dance parties is as a dad with daughters um they love dancing with their dad and so actually, both of my daughters have uh we have a each of us have a favorite slow song that we slow dance to, which is probably going to be someday a song that will end up being played at their weddings. Shall they ever get married?
1: Let me fire off a couple others I had on my list. Uh, Dan Zanes uh, folk music. Uh, he's out of New York. He's come out this way and uh, my kids have had the opportunity to see him live. Uh, he's also won a Grammy for children's music. So check out Dan Zanes family favorite song from us is uh, bushel and a peck. Uh, also, I grew up on Raffi, who uh, was sort of the uh, sign of the times in the eighties uh, many, many decades of kids singing along to uh, baby beluga and down by the bay. And then uh rockabye baby does instrumental lullabies with uh bands like journey and coldplay metallica so check out rockabye baby it's an instrumental version of those classic songs that you love i remember rocking ellen to sleep to those songs and the last plug i'll put in is for a musician out of uh, los angeles area suzanne jameson and uh check out her song bounce
0: Thanks again to Sherry Heldy for joining us today. Thank you also to our sponsors, Robinson & Cole Attorneys and Whatcom Talk. There are links in our show notes to their websites.
2: Please email us at whatcomdadspodcast at gmail.com. We will mail special edition Whatcom Dads podcast hats to the next three people that email or post on our Facebook page with a parenting topic idea for discussion on a future episode. Also, remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app.
1: Next week, we interview Children's Services Librarian Bernice Chang from the Bellingham Public Library. We talk about the use of technology and screen time with our kids. And on What Whatcom Dads Recommend, we do one for the dads. We'll review a book that each of us recently read, Pappyland by Wright Thompson. Two vegetarians got into an argument. Do they still have beef with one another?
2: All right, all right, I got one. What is Irish and comes out in the spring? Patio furniture.
0: (laughs) So my dad told me he accidentally swallowed some scrabble pieces and he wasn't looking forward to his next vowel movement. (laughs)